Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. The biggest news uh, today, again, holiday weekends, the news uh, tends to be uh, travel, shopping, leftovers, that kind of thing. Um, but there's significant, real uh, hard news today, and that is uh, what's happening in Israel. As the temporary ceasefire got underway today, and we saw. 24 hostages freed from Hamas as part of a, a swap. There were 39, I don't know if you want to call them, they call them prisoners, I guess, coming from Israel. And I don't know if that's, honestly, I don't want to get into the the, the my side, your side uh, bit of all of it. So I don't know when they say they released 39 prisoners, if those are viewed by Palestinians as hostages or if they're prisoners for something else. I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. It's just 24 to 39. That, that's the, the, sw- the swap is going on. So the four-day truce has begun. Um, we saw some hostages released. Uh, most of the Israeli hostages released by Hamas today are said to be in good health. After returning to Israel, there were also, I believe... Uh, 10 people from Thailand and one from the Philippines that was released as well. 
A statement from Schneider Children's Hospital where four women and four child hostages were released said the doctors had conducted a preliminary examination said they were all in good physical condition. So that's great news. It means it uh, sounds like they're not being tortured or anything else like that. So that's that's really good news. The mental anguish is plenty. Uh, the prime minister there in uh, Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, says that they have received a new list of hostages that are going to be released tomorrow. Now, the reason this is important is that as they they get a a, a list of the hostages to be released, then. Uh, they notify families, here's who's coming home, here you can be ready, let's get you to the hospital, let's have you uh, ready to go. Obviously the families are related. The the concern that some have, however, is that uh, there may be a Trojan horse here. So it is essential to have the names of the hostages to be released so that they can be matched up against those that are, one, missing, and two, that they can verify the identity when the swap happens. Obviously, this is for uh, out of an abundance of caution, but the idea that you've got Hamas labeled as a terrorist group uh, who is uh, handing people over to Israel, the worry would be that Hamas would say, oh, yeah, this was your uh, lost loved one, when, of course, it would be one of their uh, suicide bombers, for instance, right? So they don't want to get into that. This is why having the names of those being released is essential. The other... Uh, the other side of this is the practical side of here are the names of those being released, which by default tells Israel and the rest of the world who's not being released. And that is where there's an awful lot of concern right now. Um, imagine how elated the, the family members are of those being released. Imagine how wrecked people are who still have family members that are being held hostage, not knowing their conditions at all. Right, so they are, uh, as it's being listed, uh, they're facing an enduring nightmare. Uh, Palestinians in Gaza seeking refuge from the war, finding that their world is shrinking. In other words, there's not uh, not anywhere to go, not to be, you know, potentially affected by uh, the bombings. Uh, Hezbollah fired rockets at North Israel after an airstrike, killing five of the group's senior fighters. These are quick updates here. Um, let me see. Cuba's president is leading thousands in a march of solidarity with the Palestinians. So that's happening right now. That's just some updates from uh, the AP. Uh, the Israeli uh, military got into the heart of the Hamas military assets, and they plan to continue active fighting once the ceasefire ends, a spokesperson saying on Friday, saying there's many, there are many goals and many tunnels to demolish including some that they've destroyed even this morning right before the ceasefire began. That according to IDF spokesperson. They said the first day of the ceasefire includes an exchange of Israeli hostages for Palestinian prisoners. Uh, the halt will expire on Monday unless additional Israeli hostages are released. That's part of their condition, by the way. For every, I believe that it's for every 10 hostages that are released, they will continue the ceasefire for one more day. All right, so that's that's what they got. Um IDF will not allow Gazan civilians to return to their homes in the northern part of the Strip, so they're still screwed. Um, Israeli troops fatally shot two Palestinians and wounded 11 others on Friday as they headed toward the main combat zone in northern Gaza, despite warnings by the, military, uh, the Israeli army, excuse me, military, uh, to stay put. So there we are. There's your, uh, the latest on that. Netanyahu says he is committed to releasing all the hostages. we got about 240 people uh, that were taken hostage during that initial attack back on October the 7th. Still been held hostage for seven weeks. Uh, terrifying. 
for all of that. And just imagine if you are uh, if you are a family member uh, of a of a hostage who's not being released. As I said, we had to, about 240 were taken. Uh, one out of every 10 that were taken initially were released today. So there's going to be more released tomorrow as the ceasefire continues. I think it's 50 total. So they got 24 of them today. Uh, it still means that you got to, even if they release another 26 tomorrow, I mean, what do you have? Like a, you have a four out of five chance that your loved one didn't get released. And many of these are still small children. And that, to me, is... Listen, I know that all's fair in love and war. Uh, and I, I know that war is hell. But there are rules of engagement, and in my mind, uh, got to leave kids out of things. Uh, ch- child hostages is the bottom of the barrel. Uh, I just can't... Uh, I'm not a big fan of any of the war stuff. I'm not a big fan of hostages in general, but the idea of children being involved, um, to me, uh, there's there's nothing that screams you are a, a horrible terrorist more than the idea of small children hostages. So for people that are like, they're not a terrorist group. We had uh, a quote earlier. Chris Adler was out at the, um, uh, the, the pro-Palestine rally that was near the Grove. They were there at uh, Pan Pacific Park. And she had one person that says, Hamas are not terrorists, they're freedom fighters. I thought freedom fighters don't hold five-year-old children hostage. And I'm just, I just can't. I just can't with that. I can't. I just can't. There are other, there are other complexities, there are other nuances to the entire, uh, the, the entire dynamic between Israel and Palestine, between Jews and Muslims, between everything out there. But one place where there's a hard line, and I just can't, is child hostages, child victims. I just, I can't. I just can't. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna sell me on they're not a terrorist group. Child hostages. That's all I have to say. Child hostages. It's terrorists. Sorry. It's what it is. All right. We'll talk health and wellness here as we're all trying to take off whatever that 15 pounds of whatever carbohydrates we ate yesterday was. We're trying to take those off. And there may be. This is the craziest thing. A super cheap way to find out if you've got cancer. Where's this been for so long? That's next. I'm Chris Merrill. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. 13th annual Pastathon is here. The KFI Pastathon in the 13th year, and we're hoping to raise uh, Boku bucks, my friends. We're trying to beat last year's number, which was uh, like 1.3 million or something. So we need your help. Uh, And why? Why do we need your help? Well, Chef Bruno's charity, Katarina's Club, provides more than 25,000 meals every week. That's a lot of food. That food ain't cheap. You've seen the inflation, right? 25,000 meals every week go to kids in need in Southern California. And your generosity is what makes that happen. So easy to donate, just like you have in the past. Just go to pastathon.com. Just donate at pastathon.com. Dot com, Or you can shop at any Smart and Final store and then donate at checkout. In fact, tomorrow, uh, the Fork Report is going to be live at Smart and Final in Lake Forest uh, from 2 to 5. Uh, that's on El Toro Road. So uh, go out and see the Fork Report at Smart and Final. You can make a donation while you're there as well. And also you can make a, donate, a, a donation excuse me, at any Wendy's restaurant in Southern California. Uh, so uh, 
easy ways for you to uh, to donate to help out with the Pastathon. We're going to be broadcasting live all day from the Anaheim White House on Giving Tuesday. That is uh, this Tuesday, the 28th, from 5 a.m. until 10 p.m. So pop on out and see us. And 100% of your donation goes to Katarina's Club. Just go to pastathon.com. Again, pastathon.com. Uh, shifting back to uh, uh, regularly scheduled boring-ass programming, finding cancer has never been cheaper. Who knew? Also, uh, in other health news, China would like to assure you that they have not started the next global pandemic. Trust them. Mm, just trust them. All right, let's start with uh, uh, China's trying to kill us all again. The WHO has requested detailed information about a reported surge in respiratory illnesses in children in China. I'm having deja vu all over again. Chinese data suggests the surge was caused by a known bacteria and viruses. Flashback, 2019, right about this time of year, all of a sudden China starts seeing a spike in respiratory illnesses. Yeah. In fact, they were saying, oh, it's some sort of a weird pneumonia thing going on. Of course, what did we learn? Well, this is going to be the pandemic that will kill millions of people and shut down the world for a couple of years. So now, here we are, end of the year, China says, well, that's weird. We've got a spike in these respiratory illnesses. And the WHO goes, oh, crap. Oh, this is not good. Now, China says, hey, we looked really close. We didn't find any unusual or novel pathogens. So this is not, you know... COVID-23, don't have to worry about that. The data included laboratory results from infected children, indicating that the rise in cases was a result of known viruses and bacteria like the flu and um, another bacteria that uh, causes a mild illness, but it is in, I don't know, it's uh, Dr. Knees. Uh, so it's either uh, medical terms or Latin or a combination of the both, and uh, me trying to pronounce that would just show you how foolish I am. Hospital admissions of children increasing since May has had outpatient visits. Hospitals are uh, able to handle the increase in China. WHO requesting that information after Chinese news reports and social media posts indicated a notable surge in sick children in recent weeks. Parents reported long lines sometimes of eight hours or more at children's hospitals. Oh, my gosh, it's worse than the DMV. China's National Health Commission acknowledged the reports of overcrowding. And, of course, then we end up getting some... Uh, footage from the registration areas at some of the hospitals in China, and it is, it looks like Grand Central Station. Looks terrible, except it's got, everybody's wearing masks there still at the hospital in China. Uh, of course, respiratory illness. Uh, so everyone's wearing masks, and they're all standing in line. Everyone is on their phone. Uh, I assume they're doing some shopping, and they are all uh, carrying sick, coughing children. So that's happening in China right now. Dear God, I hope that we don't have another repeat of what we experienced. I just, I can't. I just don't have the energy for it. You want some good news? I do. Here's good news. So there are certain cancers that um, don't really present themselves until they are uh, in later stage. And that's uh, bad, right? Maybe you have a loved one in your life that's experienced this. Maybe you've experienced it. And uh, it may be one of those, oh, man, I'm getting a lot of stomach pain. I finally go to the doctor, and the doctor ran some tests. And uh, by the time the tests come back, you find out you're in stage three, stage four of esophageal cancer or something. 
and you didn't you didn't know until it was uh, late. And as we know, the key to survival of cancer is early detection. Well, things like ovarian and gastroesophageal cancers in particular, uh, they say, are notorious for their elusive progression. So an international team of researchers developing a highly sensitive blood test that they say holds promise for early cancer detection. It finds key proteins that are produced by cancer cells, and they say they can find multiple types of the disease. However, unlike many existing cancer tests that have limitations, that have high costs or might require invasive tissue sampling, in other words, we got to cut a piece out of your ovary to test it or whatever, right? The innovative method, they say, is an affordable multi-cancer detector. It can identify the presence of a specific protein in a small amount of blood in under two hours. And the, the kicker on this, cost, three bucks. Three bucks. Where has this been for so long? According to uh, a study lead author of the Department of Pathology at Massachusetts General Hospital, we were shocked by how well this test worked across cancer types. So not only can it help uh, detect, um, you know, early detection, excuse me, but they say it also can help monitor a patient's response to cancer therapy. Like, is it working? Do we have to go through additional tests in order to find if this, uh, you know, if the cancer is, if the chemotherapy is working, if the radiation is working, whatever it might be, you know, this test, same deal, can help detect this protein. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Now, here's the hang-up, though. How long will it be before we get into the practice of testing ourselves regularly for cancers that we don't suspect we have? Although in this blood test, it sounds like it just is able to identify the protein that is uh, developed by cancer cells. So uh, if we if it shows up in the test, then we would go in and try to figure out where that cancer is. Wouldn't necessarily say, well, it's ovarian cancer. Oh, it's uh, esophageal cancer. Oh, it's intestinal uh, tumors or something of that sort. You'd have to then uh, do a follow-up. But just the same, how often are you likely to do that? Maybe the answer is you do it when you do your annual physical. Maybe that's the key here, right? That's great. That's great. I love it. And I, I especially like it because of this. And count me as part of it. So I had a run-in. I had a medical issue a few years back, and it almost killed me. And I don't, I don't that's not really an exaggeration. I went in for a surgery that went wrong. Uh, I had a, a gut infection that, that was worse than the doctors thought. And uh, a, a five-hour surgery turned into an 11-hour surgery, and I woke up in ICU, and my wife was in tears, and I thought, this is it, right? So fortunately, I'm here with you today, uh, and I'm very glad about that. Part of the reason the infection got so bad is that I kept putting it off. 64% of people admit that they address their health issues reactively rather than proactively. And this is going to come as no shock to anyone. Men are the worst. Nearly 80% of men wait for severe symptoms before they go see a doctor. And as much as women like to say that they're taking the high road on this, it's not a whole lot better. It's still 60% of women that wait until they have severe symptoms before they go see a doctor. Only 64% between the two groups go to a doctor or a dentist when something feels extremely wrong. And such was the case with myself. I had extraordinary uh, uh, gut pains, intestinal pains, and I thought, well, it'll go away. Well, I just... It's just a bug. I got to get through it. It went on for months before my wife finally said, quit complaining you're going to a doctor. 
And thank goodness she made me do that. Otherwise, you know, it could have been too late. So here's the deal. Go get your physical. Go see the doctor when you can. And hopefully we get the development of the $3 blood test so that during your physical, you can check for cancer on a regular basis so you don't have to wait until something's really wrong and then it's too late. And then also pray that hopefully China hasn't unleashed the next pandemic on the world. So that's basically your health and wellness update. I'll be feel better. I know I do. An update on what that bridge explosion was on the Canadian border is next uh, because uh, there has been a major, major revelation. That's not true. I'm just hoping you'll uh, stick around and listen for the next segment. So I wanted to really sensationalize that. It's next. I'm Chris Merrill. You're listening to John and Ken on. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation. Presentation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast demand from KFI AM 640. 
I heard Sandy talking about this earlier, and that is that they've reopened that bridge in Niagara. Uh, the Buffalo uh, uh, Bridge explosion that we had on Wednesday, uh, they've reopened that. So I'm going to share with you a um, news report from ABC, and I think on in this news report they say it's still closed, but it has been reopened. Uh, if you uh, somehow missed it, Oh, we had people that were just foaming at the mouth on Wednesday over the terror attack at the border. That was headline, Fox News, terror attack at the border. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it's like a dream come true for the scaremongers. And then they had to back it off. Yeah, they had to back it off. Oh, who knew that the uh, jump to the conclusion was not credible reporting. That's crazy. A car soaring through the air at a border crossing setting off a deadly explosion seen in this verified video circulating online that put the U.S. and Canada on alert on the busiest travel day of the year. I've never seen anything like this. The car just exploded. I think this is uh, somebody, who, a witness that was there. Never seen anything like this. That car speeding through the Rainbow Bridge, which connects New York to Canada near Niagara Falls, slamming into a Border Patrol checkpoint. Yo, oh my God, they all right? A fireball engulfing <laughs> they all right? No. Because if you didn't see this, when they say a fireball, it was a fire. It was like a, a Jerry Bruckheimer explosion. This car, I saw the video today, and the way the video works is that it's like a security camera that is trained on the uh, the booths, right? The inspection booths. And what happens is you can see the car in the background. It's almost like uh, when, you know, cops are uh, looking at an ATM video to try to see if a car goes back by, right? They're trying to track down the uh, somebody moving. So that's what this was. It certainly was not the main focus of the camera. It was in the background. And holy cow, this car was moving. And all of a sudden, it hit the curb and it launched. So much so, it looked like there must have been a ramp there. I don't know how the car caught that much air without there being some sort of a ramp. And, again, because it's in the, the background, you don't have a lot of detail. So you, you have some uh, vehicles in the foreground. You have some of these inspection booths in the foreground. So you can't really see exactly what it is that car hit. So I don't know if it hit a curb and then went up like a, a road sign or something. But whatever it was, I mean, it looked like it hit a ramp. And this car goes flying up into the air. And I swear that car must have been 8 to 10 feet up. It was launched, like Duke's a hazard style. And then it ends up kind of twisting into the air before it comes down and absolutely obliterated. The explosion is like a bomb went off, which is why you had some news agencies that were claiming terror attack at the border. They can't wait for there to be a terror attack at the border. They're very excited about that. But uh, that wasn't the case. Now we're learning more about who was in that vehicle. Car killing the driver and passenger inside, according to authorities. Tourists uncertain what happened, rushing for shelter. When I saw how the employees at the gift shop reacted, I, I told my wife, Shana, we, we need to go. Shana, we need to go. Have you seen the employees at the gift shop? Shana, let's go. We need to head back. Law enforcement quickly swarming the area. And I'm going to send you over to the custom bridge for a fire that's happening. Uh, fires are already there. You're going there to block off roads. We're going to send you over to this bridge. Also, if you get a chance, check out the gift shop. Employees there are very worried. 
Officials on both sides of the border taking no chances, closing all four bridges connecting the U.S. and Canada in the region, temporarily suspending international flights to the airport in nearby Buffalo. Additional measures are being contemplated and activated. That's uh, Justin Trudeau speaking. At all border crossings across the country, uh, we are taking this extraordinarily seriously. New York's governor saying the investigation is ongoing, but no explosives have been found at the scene. I want to be very, very clear to Americans and New Yorkers. At this time, there is no indication of a terrorist attack. You know, I hadn't really paid attention to, to Kathy Hochul very much, the governor of New York, and I, I didn't realize how much she looks like uh, like Christy Nome. you know, the, 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 the governor of South Dakota, right? Uh, the governor. Uh, they look like sisters. I didn't realize how much they looked alike. And overnight, the FBI did also confirm no explosive materials have been found at the scene, and there's no sign this was any kind of terrorist activity. All right. But the Rainbow Bridge has remained closed as this investigation continues. And as Sandy told us earlier, the uh, the Rainbow Bridge is reopened now. However, that thing went through, I think, 13 checkpoints? Something like that. Uh, just a, a wild, wild turn of events. And... I was incredibly disappointed by media outlets that were jumping to the conclusion of uh, terrorist attack, but hiding behind the qualifier, sources say. I hate that. If you're going to lead with that, that's one thing. But if the headline is, terror attack at the, uh, uh, explosion at the border is terrorist attack, colon, sources. Screw you. Who are your sources? Because they're worthless. And it's one thing if you say there's an explosion at the border. We're looking into it, but some sources have indicated it may be a terror attack. That's one way to write it. But when you say terror attack, colon, sources, that's putting the the weakest qualifier on something. What you're doing is real-time developing clickbait that's going to feed into a narrative. Terror attack at the border. My goodness, there were so many people that were just excited. It finally happened. We've been talking about this for months. The headline of foxnews.com on Wednesday was terror attack at the border, colon, sources. And then right under that was a story, Hamas already here targeting Christians and civic organizations. It was an unrelated story, but it sure fit into that narrative, didn't it? Terrorists are here, Hamas in the United States, hunting Christians. How did they get here? Across the open border, of course. Need proof? Happening now in New York. The only thing that would have been better for them is if it had happened in El Paso. Maybe we don't get excited about bad things happening. You want to talk about the degradation of media, is that we get excited when bad things, oh boy, now we got it. Woo, this is going to feed right into our narrative grosses me out just grosses me out all right what happened there on wednesday continues to be a little bit bizarre we don't know why uh the car was moving at a high rate of speed hit the curb launched itself and killed the two people inside we know who those people are now there's a husband and wife mid-50s um Kurt P. Villani and Monica Villani. Kurt P. Villani is the son of uh, Kurt Villani Sr., who had started a bunch of Ace Hardwares in that area. 
and I think that they were running the, the Ace Hardwares. They say no sign of terror attack. The couple were planning to attend a KISS concert in Canada on Wednesday night. But get this. The KISS concert got canceled because Paul Stanley got the flu. So Villani's then went to a casino near the border instead. So they were going to Toronto. Uh, they get word it's been canceled. That's a bummer. They wanted to go see KISS. So they said, well, we got the day off. Let's go to the casino. So casino. they went to the casino. Um, we don't know, you know how long they were there. We know that the casino is cooperating with the authorities, whatever. Right? Great. All that stuff. Uh, the family is, yeah, the, the Villani's own uh, GUI, uh, GUI's Lumber, G, G, I, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, I guess it's GUI's. Uh, GUI's Lumber, a chain of stores across western New York. Uh, the lumber chain is, ex, uh, we would like to extend our sincere gratitude to all that have extended prayers, condolences, and well wishes. We are deeply touched at this point. Uh, request privacy, begin the healing process, blah, blah, blah. Tributes pouring in for the couple. Again, doesn't sound like the couple had anything to do with anything nefarious. Um, we just don't know a whole lot more. Uh, the couple was from Grand Island, New York, uh, survived by their two children. Initial reports were that this was a car from Canada headed to the United States, had been told to go to the, uh, the, the secondary inspection area. This was the initial report. It was completely wrong. Told to go to the secondary inspection area, and as the car was traveling to the secondary inspection area, it exploded. So based on that terrible report, of course, it sounds like, uh-oh, terrorists trying to get into the United States. Uh, they got uh, caught by CBP, and so they knew they were going to be found out. And on their way to the secondary inspection area, they detonated their bomb. That's what it sounded like. And then I had everybody saying, well, maybe this was just one of many bombs trying to come across the border. My goodness, what's happening? Are we being invaded? All the, all the big words came. Are we being invaded by terrorists across the border? Is this an assault? Come to find out, no. No, it is not. No, it was not. And this couple was in the United States already. They are U.S. citizens. They were on the U.S. side. Uh, why they headed over there toward the border, we don't know for sure. And there are questions right now about whether or not it maybe was a mechanical issue with that car. It was an older Bentley. I don't know squat about Bentleys. I know a little bit about uh, some cars, but I don't know much of anything about Bentleys at all, other than I can't afford it. That's it. So they say it was an older model Bentley. Well, I don't know. How old is old? 50s? No, it didn't look like it was a 50s Bentley. It didn't look like it was a 70s or 80s Bentley. From the still frames that I could see, it looked like it was probably a mid-2000s Bentley. So they said, was there maybe a mechanical issue? And I, look, we know that there are mechanical issues. Sometimes we had an, is, an incident here in Southern California that uh, was actually in San Diego that uh, caused a massive recall of Toyotas and Lexus a few years back when uh, a floor mat got stuck on an accelerator and it killed a family of four, right? So we know that mechanical issues can happen. Is that what happened? Is that why that car was moving so quickly when it hit that curb? We don't know. We're still waiting for the investigation. But here's what we do know. It wasn't terrorism. And the reporting around it was atrocious. Hopefully, 
we can do better on that front. It's up to us in media to do that. And I'm I'm calling on I'm calling out my own peers here, gang. Calling out my peers. Speaking of being called out, the Christmas hellscape is about to begin. Yikes. That's next. I'm Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Tim Conway Jr. show is next, starring not Tim Conway Jr. tonight. In fact, it'll be the great Neil Saavedra. Is that correct? Please, everybody sit down. Well, <laughs> just bolting for the door, all of us said. Hey, uh, you got to your show tomorrow, too, Neil, is, uh, is at the uh, uh, Smart and Final. Right. Yes, indeed it is out there on El Toro Road in Lake Forest, and that'll be good times from 2 to 5. Thank you for mentioning that, sir. Yeah, of course. Well, we, listen, I want to make sure everybody goes to pastathon.com and makes their donation. I want them to come out and see you as well. So what do you do when you're on a remote uh, for the Fork Report? Uh, do you just go through and sort of sample everything at the at the grocery store? What do you do? Yeah, that's my basic MO for, like, just walking into a joint. If there's food, I'm yeah. going to taste it. And mm-hmm. if they don't have the proper security, I'm going to taste more. Yeah. I mean, that's right the on. reality of it. The grapes on aisle three, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. The prunes on four, not, I'm not so that great. Guy, that actually, yeah. <laughs> I do my best to to eyeball stuff, take it home, and you're going to the flip you're of the coin. It. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always good time. Nor- last uh, time I was at it, Smart and Final last week, they had me in front of the booze. Which is nice. And then this uh, Saturday, <laughs> tomorrow, I think I'll be in front of the bakery. So I've got my booze, and then I'll get my carbs, oh, and we'll be good. My goodness. Yeah, that sounds great. How, uh, Neil, your Thanksgiving, and I always wonder when it comes to somebody that is uh, such a foodie, uh, are you critical of, of your Thanksgiving? Did you cook, first of all, and uh, are you critical of the Thanksgiving food, whether you cooked it or not? Are you Never critical. I think it's a treat. If anybody make something on a holiday they're making it with love and intent to feed many people Mm -hmm. i'm good with that always okay but Uh, inside you go it's a little dry no well i I mean my taste buds don't go on vacation so it's like i you know i realize that something but my like my brother daniel who hosted he and his wife ginger and their boy danny they like 40 plus people it was insane Wow. The amount of people at their house yesterday, and it was pitch perfect. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably right? one of the most enjoyable Thanksgivings I've ever been to or been a part that of, including a ones that I operation. Host. They just had it down. The turkey was smoked to perfection. It was moist. Uh, it was flavorful. It it really was a beautiful event, and it's very rare. I have five brothers and one sister, and it's very rarely for very rare for us to be in one place one time and not only was it our family but it was his wife's family who we all grew up with we grew up on the same block so it was really neat to see everybody and have that opportunity so it was very nice how about yours that well that sounds what mine was very uh, toned down my wife said she would take care of uh, the food and i thought that was great because i was doing some some holiday work so she says well i'll take care of the food and i said "Well, well that's wonderful um, so come to find out she just ordered it. One of the restaurants was, was doing a, a holiday meal thing. And so she ordered food for 10. There were three of us. She oh. ordered food for 10 and it was good. Yeah, no complaints. Uh, but then we got done and she says, okay, well, I took care of the food. Now you have to clean up. And I thought that was really, oh, yeah, that's kind <laughs> that of an unwritten rule. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that, uh, you know, and I see that, uh, Dean is here now. Dean Sharp, our very own house whisperer is going to be. Uh, co-hosting with me today because we both oh, have a massive love for the holidays 
and we think very similarly. So it made sense for us to get together. Um, and I, I get the feeling that Dean's Thanksgiving or any holidays are like the cameras push in. There's like a light fog or smoke <laughs> in the house. You know, everything's just right. And there's music and it's kind of directed. Dean, how did yours go, sir? Well, it's like that on a bad year for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had, there's like four camera shot. And it's just like, it, it just sounds like, guess what we did today? We made us very special meal from the Ukraine. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Honestly, honestly, we, uh, you know, I've been fiddling around with prime rib for the last three or four Thanksgivings. And uh, we can talk that, about oh, yeah. that more because, you know, I was telling you, uh, you know, at the Christmas show that... that I got tired of the fact that, you know, spending five days perfecting the turkey, right? And the very best oh. compliment you get is, oh, it's moist. Like, a, <laughs> yeah. like that's it? That's it? I spent five days. So uh, now, prime rib, we sous vide the prime rib. And this year, Neil, it was a primal. It was the. <gasps> wow. The. That's right. I mortgaged my house. Yes. And we okay. put it in a sous vide bath for 10, uh, 10 hours. And, oh, the okay. rave. Uh, I am now being worshipped. Uh, I'm being worshipped in my family. I'm going to let you guys grease each other up, okay? And I'm going to step aside here because this is start, starting to yeah, sound a little we, weird. We're already sudden. down the, the hole. Yeah, but, Chris, really uh, nice to Very hear you quickly. today, sir. And Thanks, uh, have yourself a, a wonderful rest remaining of your day. You too. You too. And congratulations not being stuck in that traffic today. Because uh, there are still people that have been driving around the Citadel for the last eight hours looking for a parking spot. So, Never. Uh, glad you guys made it. And uh, have a great show. I'll be listening on the way home, so don't screw it up. Okay? Great. Have a good one. Uh, I'm back on Sunday. Join Neil tomorrow at the Smart and Final on El Toro Road from 2 o'clock till 5 with the Fork Report. Uh, and they are going to talk uh, hot meat next. Uh, Chris Maryland for John Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
and Stan we do over three whole episodes of our podcast Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi I'm Michael Rappaport and I'm Kibi Rappaport and together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.